1: Welcome to Off The Bench with Scotty Sadler and Benny Jones. For Bob Jane T-Mart, Tire and Wheel Specialists.
2: Well, that'll be us. Round 25, underway in the NRL and the end of the season is nigh, but that just means we're arriving at the fun part of the year. September, the sun is out, is shining, the freshly cut grass, the smells that can only mean one thing – uh, well, people are doing their work around their yard, for starters, but also that the footy finals are just around the corner. Betty Jones is my name, Bob Jane Tmarts. They are your Tyre and Wheels specialist. This is Off the Bench, and this is Scotty Sattler, who joins me. Sats, uh, welcome to the program. You must love this time of year, like any sports fan. Oh, it's great. You know what I love about it, Benny? I, I love Round 25, like uh, this weekend is,
3: and I love how... Most teams are in the finals, especially in the top four. They turn round 25 into the first week of the finals. Yeah. We saw that on Thursday night with the Roosters and oh. the Rabbits where... It seesawed uh, between both sides dominating the game, but it was played at such an intensity. The game felt like it went for three hours. There was so many stoppages. There was head injuries. There was players, players put on report, yeah. uh, whatever it may be. But outside of that, it was just a
2: tremendous spectacle. One of the best Thursday night games we've seen all year. Wouldn't expect anything less from those two sides who have a reasonable dislike for each other. We will dissect that game a little bit later on. Of course, we've got lots to get through, including some of the news of the week, and there has been plenty Uh, We'll get to that shortly. Also, uh, I I love your power player this week, Sats. It's not a name that anyone will know about, but it's a great story and a great lesson out there for uh, youngsters who who want to achieve something in life, who want to uh, reach for their dreams. And uh, I'm looking forward to you revealing that one a little bit later on for Makita. It's an absolute belter. Uh, We'll also find out uh, who Sats likes for the remainder of the final weekend of the NRL regular season and also what the great man is looking forward to this weekend. I'll give you a hint. It's happening on Sunday, and there's going to be a lot of people watching on. Right now, though, here on Off the Bench for Bob T. Marts, it's time to do this. On Off the Bench, the NRL
1: News of the Week.
2: Yeah, and I might start on one that's generally pretty topical. Uh, it seems to rear its head every six to 12 months uh, when we talk about rule changes, rule tweaks, and I guess, Sats, we get to round 25, and with a couple of those those dead rubbers, nothing is official, of course, that's going to be happening this weekend with the games that won't count for the finals. But if ever there was a time to maybe tweak, to play around, to experiment, those would be the games. But one thing that has been mooted is Golden Points. Uh, a few options here, whether it stays the same, whether it might become a golden try, whether both sides should get an opportunity. So often it seems to come down to a, a toss of the coin and the first team with genuine possession generally wins in Golden Point or we get rid of it all together and we settle for a draw. <laughs> what what do you make of it all? Where would you like to see it go?
3: Oh, I love I loved Golden Point, Benny. Absolutely love it. I love the theatre of it. Um, I like how there's so much at stake. Yeah, the one. I suppose the one little bugbear that sits... Um, Sits with a lot of fans is that the team that's tried so hard for eighty minutes, and if they lose Golden Point, they don't get any points at all. I think they probably need to. I think the only way that you're going to make everyone happy is to say that at the end of extra, at the end of regular time, I should say, that um, both teams get one point, then you fight for the extra point. Yeah. Now there has been, there has been some arguments saying, well, that means there's going to be three points up for grabs. Uh, for the, that round, when they only really by the rules, there should only be two points available for that round. But the only way you got to look at it is how many teams, how many points are going to be given to the winning team? Yeah, and that's at the end of the day, that's what it's about. The winning team gets two points and at the end of extra time, the uh, the team who uh, wins
2: Golden Point gets that extra point. At least both teams come out of it with something. Interesting conversation, and one I'm sure that everyone's got a different opinion on. Now, uh, we're going to talk more about Sunday in greater length later in the program, but uh, I know that, uh, Sats, there's been a lot of focus this week as the Tigers host the Sharks on Robbie Farah, whether he will, whether he won't, is it too big a risk with what's on the line for the Tigers? Now, of course, Michael Maguire and the fitness staff will know a lot more than we do. But there would have had to have been some really stern and honest conversations this week, and I guess we probably won't find out the answer until Sunday. Well, I'm hearing Benny that he's actually going to play. Okay, on Sunday, um, they've made a decision that
3: um, by the time it'll the game will come around, it'll be 27 or 28 days, whatever it may be. There still will be some damage to yep. the joint. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Uh, we're
2: talking. We're talking. But just to put that into context, 27, 28 days. We hear about that with hamstrings, with cut. This is a, a broken leg. Effectively, yeah. yeah. It yeah, doesn't exactly. sound right. So,
3: and the reason why they're going to play him is uh, he's confident he can get through, but two, they, they're really, they feel as though they've got no senior leadership in the middle of the park there. Okay. Uh, they don't want to play it at, at dummy half for a large period of the of the game, which has worked out really successful the last two weeks, but uh, they feel as though when Josh Reynolds comes on, he's a little bit erratic with his decision making. Uh, even though he adds energy to the side, Luke Brooks doesn't talk a lot at halfback. So because it's such a big game, the biggest game of the season, they feel as though Robbie being there will just bring composure to the side in such a big big occasion. So I think they'll start him. And I'll just assess him throughout the, the first 20
2: or 30 minutes to see how he's travelling. Uh, it'll be a Herculean effort no matter what the case. Uh, and we know that one way or another, uh, barring the, um, the unlikely scenario of a Broncos loss and then a, uh, a tyre, a draw between these two sides on Sunday, which has been discussed through the week, that either Robbie or Paul Gellin will be farewelled in some shape or form on Sunday to stalwarts of the game. And Both have had their moments along the journey, Sats. So I don't think there's any disputing that. But, yeah, a couple of great ornaments to, uh, to the NRL.
3: Yeah, both have polarised the community as well. Yeah, as well they, they both um, formed a really great partnership with Laurie Daly and, and leading New South Wales to a, an Origin series victory in 2014. So, um, yeah, yeah, Robbie Farah a great guy and been a tremendous player. Paul Gallant as well has been an absolute warrior. But either way, yeah, one of them will be, will be farewell. It seems that like Robbie's had about six farewells. <laughs> yeah. actually, on on that as well, looks like Gal, It sounds like Gals had about six farewells as well. So,
2: uh, insane yeah.
3: that it's um. I just can't believe, we shouldn't be surprised the way the season's panned out, that this game is the last game that will decide who's going to take eighth position.
2: All right, we move on from that to the conversation, which again is a regular. It's almost one of those ones you park in the calendar each and every year regarding a second team in Brisbane. Now, it seems as though this Mm. one's gathering a bit more genuine steam. Sats, you've obviously been around the landscape a lot longer, you understand, where negotiations, where discussions have reached in the past, but do you get the sense of the feeling? It's not a case of, well, if, it's it's when this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And what's going to get it across the line? Is it is it the corporate backing? Is it uh, the commission getting together and saying, we just have to pull the triggers at the next TV rights deal? What's your gut feel?
3: Well, I, I, they can't go with 17 teams because um, you know, forking out another 13 to $15 million to a new side, it uh, doesn't, doesn't also bring greater revenue through the broadcasting deal because there's not an extra game. There's just a buy, so there's still eight games every weekend. Yep. It brings a lot, of more, a lot more commercial dollars into the game for the club itself and for the region and a lot of activation around those sort of numbers. But in saying that, um, it won't bring extra money to broadcasting. So if they're going to add one team in, they're probably going to add two to make an extra game, nine games a weekend. Mm. Um, I don't think the game is probably willing to do that at the moment, but I I agree with you, Ben. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when, with with the Brisbane side, the second Brisbane side. And the reason why I think it's probably gathering a lot more momentum this time is because the broadcasters have got involved, Channel 9. Tom Malone, the boss of the Channel 9 Sport, has come out and said, Our Brisbane team yeah, has to it. happen because yep. we need it for the amount of viewing audiences that they get in Queensland and especially South East Queensland. So it'll definitely happen. And we spoke to Buzz Rothfield throughout the week, yep. and he basically said it's a 99% uh, chance that it's definitely going to happen. It's just a matter of now who's the greatest candidate or do they relocate a side that's probably going to be the greatest option mm. for the NRL relocating a side. But then again, you've got to break someone's heart and someone's spirit, yep. and a lot of and a big fan base. If you're willing to do that as well, um, you've got to be willing to take a you've got to be willing to take a, a fair shot to the guts if you do that, because there'll be a lot of fans that will probably walk away initially. Mm. They'll eventually come back, but that initial uh, effect that'll have it on the competition will be will be quite paramount, I think.
2: It has some eerie parallels to the AFL back in the mid-90s when Fitzroy were basically forced to uh, do likewise relocate to uh, merge with the Brisbane Bears at the time, thus becoming the Brisbane Lions. And uh, while there were some teething issues early and a lot of Fitzroy fans were lost to the game completely, which is I mean, it was a sad byproduct of of that decision. Uh, of course, we know the Lions went on to win three premierships in a row, four grand finals in a row, and become a powerhouse of the competition. So there, there, there are some some previous examples there. Of course, the NRL are a completely different beast. But I think also the um, the, the want... Uh, for less of a better term, sats of the NRL to have Suncorp Stadium being used each and every week. We've got this incredible venue, this amazing coliseum for uh, NRL and every second week it sort of sits there dormant minus, of course, Magic Round where it gets all eight games and we saw how incredibly successful that was. Yeah, exactly. But I think with the fans that you lose, Benny, and again, I I hate to
3: see it, but I think we've got to be be realistic that it will happen that if the fans that you do lose, like Fitzroy Mm. did with the the brisbane lions merch is that uh, you actually you garnish uh, you garnish a new new platform of fans yeah. through uh, a diverse age group as well so although you don't want to lose fans you're always going to lose fans but it's it's how you how you are, are able to gather uh, further fans based on that um, based on that relocation oh, i'm not a big fan of relocating teams and, and allowing them to maybe play out of the same name so let's say, just for example, I'm, I'm I'm only plucking this one out of my head, just say the West Tigers yep. went to Brisbane. It, they can't be the Tigers anymore. We would have to come under another moniker as well, and that's the only way that it can, that it can um, relocate aside side and, and start a new chapter.
2: Yeah, it's going to be uh, a great conversation to sad. follow. Yeah, well, absolutely. As you said... If relocation is the way forward, there are going to be some broken hearts and you can't help uh, and you can't avoid that, unfortunately, for progress and that's that dirty word we use in sport and life that um, something has to give and it may be an existing club. We'll uh, wait and see. Hey, just before we get off uh, from our news of the week uh, and start sticking uh, sticking our nose into what's happening for Round 25, I reckon that there's one club that couldn't be happier that Round 25 is approaching and... (laughs) See, I wouldn't have thought I'd be saying this eight or nine weeks ago when they were in the midst of a really good mid-season run, and that is the Newcastle Knights, the fallout from the Nathan Brown. Well, it's not a sacking, but it certainly wasn't the the greatest of parting of ways. Uh, Club stalwarts are jumping ship? Our mate Danny Badaris has taken a step aside. He doesn't want to be... I guess involved in in the process of um, I guess rebuilding, and it, it, I can't believe I'm saying that. Sats, rebuilding uh, this fractured club, which had seemingly made such positive gains over the past couple of seasons.
3: Oh, well, I think he wants to be part of rebuilding a fractured club, Benny. But I just feel as though that he he, he feels as though he's been disrespected, both he and John Quayle, who are on the advisory board. Um, if reports are correct, that um, that Phil Gardner, who I think is really handled this whole situation poorly um, questioned by James Hooper during out throughout the week um, on on Fox sports. And I didn't feel as though he had a, 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 quite a grasp on the situation. It seems though the right people um, were not included in any of the, uh, any of the conversations, yeah. the tough conversations that had to be had. And that was about the departure of Nathan Brown, the incoming coach of Adam O'Brien, not part of that, um, that entire sh- um, process. And, if that's the case, yes, he'd love to help rebuild the club but if he's if he is not going to um be engaged mm. for the role that he's that he's initially there for well what's the use of him being there? he's got better things to do with his time and it's it's such a shame because you've got two uh, uh, you know a modern day great player but a, a, a modern day great guy and also a really good forward thinker of the game in Danny badiras uh, alongside a guy like John Quayle who is arguably one of the greatest administrators the game's ever seen. So um, I think for Phil Gardner, if he could have it all over again, and he's admitted this publicly, that they probably could have done yeah. things differently because I think the people that were consulted within the club about the, about the future of the club were not the right people to consult.
2: For Bob Jane T. Martz, your and Wheels specialist on Off the Bench, that's a little look at some of the league news of the week.
1: It's time for the Friday night NRL preview.
2: Well, it's a game that doesn't have any great repercussions for the final setup because we know the Melbourne Storm minor premiers they cannot be shoveled off first spot um, and will probably end up finishing a couple of games clear. Of course, on the back of the Roosters' Thursday night defeat, they take on the Cowboys at Amy Park and it's a battle of first versus twelfth. We'll talk more about the Cowboys. Uh, later on sats and I guess the assessment of their season which has uh, failed to reach too many great heights that said they are seeking to win three games in a row for just the second time in 2019 I I suppose if you're heading off into a long and arduous summer and getting set for pre-season to um to go into that with at least a couple of wins under your belt and who knows you know a win over potentially the eventual premier they just need to they just need to take something from this game don't they the cows Well, they do, and and funnily enough, Benny,
3: um, we've all been involved in sport, but if if your team can finish the season with um, back-to-back wins and get some really good momentum going into the pre-season, it's it's funny how it it has a really positive effect on your pre-season training and the focus of the players. Uh, I feel as though that uh, Paul Green probably could have have debuted a couple of players over the last couple of weeks and give them a taste of the NRL going into the pre-season. But if they win tonight, it's their... What, they win three games in a row? Yep. And to f- finish the season off that way, it, um, as I said, it sends you in a really positive frame of mind. Um, they're doing against, obviously, the minor premiers, and it's going to be difficult for them. But sometimes when a game like this doesn't... Of course it means anything. I say this with tongue-in-cheek. Yep. But you are thinking about next week when you're Melbourne Storm. Mm. You don't want to get injured. Uh, you want to make sure you participate in next week in the start of the finals. So therefore, your preparation and your psychological preparation it just if you're down by 10 or 15% you can get a team that sneaks up on you and pulls your pants down and although I'm not seeing that happening tonight with a, a Craig Bellamy coach side, he's yeah, yeah. Uh, still a risky one for the for the Melbourne Storm because with the Roosters getting beaten uh, by the Rabbits, it, it allows the Melbourne Storm to, to fire a, a greater shot over the bout the rest of the competition like they did last week uh, against Manly just to
2: say hey you know we
3: got beaten in last year's big one but guess what we we've
2: learnt from that there will be a little bit of pomp and ceremony there at Amy Park tonight uh, with the presentation of the JJ Gilton and Shield is enough made of this? I know you as a player, uh, Sats, you will you will toe the company line and say, well, look, yeah, finishing top in the regular season, it's nice. But, of course, no one remembers that in 10, 15 years to come. It's who holds up the, the, the premiership at the end of the year yep. after finals are said and done. But, um, you know, do we celebrate it enough, particularly with a club like the Melbourne Storm, which I think this is their fourth and might be their third in the last five seasons or something mm-hmm. crazy like that. Uh, it's an amazing achievement. And the fact that they've done it, Seemingly with a gap on the field for well, the best part of two thirds of the season.
3: Yeah, I think we celebrate it for exactly what it is. Yeah, you finished first at the end of the season, but any coach will tell you that they just move on. Mm-hmm. They get the JJ Gilton and Shield, which is uh, now presented to the, the team, which is the minor premiers, and um, and you just move on after that. It's it's not a great celebration. Yeah, it's a great achievement. It's a recognition, from isn't it? Involved. Yep. It is, but you know, to be quite honest. It, it doesn't take up too much of your mindset. Yeah, you've, you're given an X amount of dollars as a club for winning the minor premiership. That's great for the bottom line, but outside of that, even the playing group, it's fantastic to get a photo with the JJ Gilton Shield, but you watch how many people actually grab it and start walking around with it. They, they actually don't. They just hand it on to the next club official and yeah, let's go and thank the fans and let's think about it next week. So I think we celebrated exactly for what it is.
2: Now, the Storm have, as you said, Sats, a little bit of a luxury that they can put a couple in cotton wool. Now, Cam Munster may have missed regardless after taking that uh, that massive shot last week from George <coughs> Tafua, but uh, he has been battling a little bit with some some neck and shoulder soreness. So he has a spell. Josh Adokar, Brandon Smith, uh, the Wombat, he's rested as well. <coughs> but what it does do, and again, it's sort of those sliding doors moments where uh, some other players get brought in an opportunity to, well, show Craig Bellamy that if needed, and if called upon come finals time, that they're ready to go. That's what you need to do. You need to dig into
3: the depths of your your playing group to see um, whether they can handle the the pressures. And it is a pressure game for for the Melbourne Storm because um, even though it's the last round and and they're going to win the minor premiership. You've just got to continue building that momentum. Ryan Pappenhausen getting him to start at fullback, um, giving some game time. Uh, Brodie Croft into the five-eighth position. He looks as though he might be out of favour. Jerome Hughes into the halfback role just to see how he controls society. He was great last week. Uh, but as you said, starting to rescue a couple of players like Ad Carr, who, who needs a rest. He's had a big season. Brandon Smith, who's put his little body through a lot of work uh, throughout this season. He's taken a lot of the... A lot of the load of of players when they're on uh state of origin duty so yeah it's they've, they've got this um innate opportunity to to just try and blood as many players as they can the storm but the thing about the storm is you're not playing against the play you're playing against the system and that's yeah. the hardest part about playing the storm you're playing the system because everyone knows their role and everyone just gets on with the job and um yeah they're, they're so good to watch i just you know i I know with Cam Smith, you know, he, they would have had the discussion with him about, hey, do you want to have a rest? Yeah, how, how long do you do reckon you to, that discussion and, would have taken? Yeah, and, and knowing Cam Smith the way that he does, Craig Bellamy, yeah, it would have been a five-second discussion. Yep. Listen, do you want to have a rest or do you want to start off the bench or do you just want to play half a game? And Cam would have said, no, like, Business I, as usual. As, a, as an older player, I need to keep going. I don't want to stop yeah. start. Yep. And you want, to, you want to save it. When you're at the end of your career, and yeah, he's going to play next year, you want to save it every
2: moment you can. You don't want to rest. And more Off the Bench to come after this. Bob Jane Tmarts, they are your tyre and wheel specialists. Up next, we're going to look back on Thursday night. Another Belter, the latest instalment in the book of feuds between the Bunnies and the Roosters. Stick around, plenty more still to come. To off
1: the Bench for Bob Jane Teammats, tyre and wheel specialists. Let's go with our Thursday night NRL review.
2: Yes, doing it for Bob Jane, team marts your tyre and wheels specialist. Tell you what, if this was a little appetiser to what's to come over the next month of footy, we are in for one hell of a finals campaign. The age-old rivalry between the Bunnies and the Roosters. Uh, they were reacquainted last night at ANZ Stadium, and they put on one hell of a show. 16 to 10, the Bunnies got the job done, our NRL Nation call team, which included... Our colleague here, Scotty Sattler, had all the big moments. Let's take a listen.
0: Didn't he? He was just standing still. Joey Manu's not standing still. Big fend, big fend. Ball back on the inside to Billy Smith. What a pick-up. Well, he saved the try and then he caught the impossible right there. Just his third NRL game and he's having a blinder. Down to Kronk, back on the inside. Tedesco is there. Steps off the right. It's dangerous. There's holes. Goes again. Finds the runner. Kronk's there. Scores the try. Stop Where'd it. that come? Where did that come from? That's brilliant. Back on the inside, Cooper Cronk. He's not being stifled tonight. He gets the first try. No, beautiful place. They just pampered that left-hand defence there on the South Sydney side, but it's Tedesco again who just hops up. It's a beautiful pass back on the inside by Manu. The quick play of the ball. Out the back to Tedesco. Manu gets the big fend out. And the release to Billy Smith. Try. Oh, Matt Gidley, eat your heart out. That is brilliant play from the Roosters' right centre. Kept the defender at bay, set up his man for the try. The Roosters extend their lead. 10-2 they lead. Just talking about the the error that the South South Sydney side made, just up over their 30 metre line, and I said it was a fatigue one. This time they get the football, they make you pay. You make an error, they make you pay. Manu.
3: It's amazing individual work by Joseph Manu. But it's terrible defence by Alex Johnson. For some reason, he doesn't have faith. He goes to the outside sewer. Kevin Graham is
0: quick and dummy and goes oh. through and scores. Oh, brilliant work from the youngster. He gets a try. He scored plenty on the wing. Now he gets one in the centres. And he has brought to life this crowd on a Thursday night. Roosters 10, Rabido 06. Thanks to Makita. Gee, it was a great try, too, from Campbell Graham. On the back of a penalty, too. The Roosters <laughs> were starting to show their dominance. They got a penalty for holding down. Kicked downfield. But, gee, got through easy. I haven't seen a try scored against the Roosters so comfortably. Some arm grabbers out there. And to open the scoring in the second half, Campbell Graham improves his position. Here he is, Cam Murray. You can't keep him out of the game. And he breaks a tackle. And he plays it quickly. There's two it. on the ground. And Cook's out a dummy half. And oh. they're still through that. Now Tatala's there, where's the support, comes to the fullback, streaks through, man on the inside, Rachel. magnificent pass, Stop it! magnificent pass and the try to Cody Walker, oh stop it, brilliant, you can't take me now, we haven't seen it all, but that is reminiscent of the Rabbitohs at their best in 2019. Well we talk about the importance of Cameron Murray, he went off the field last
3: week against the Warriors. And they lost their way. He comes back on the field and made an immediate impact. His first hit-up. Beats the markers. Damien Cook gets out of dummy half. And as he delivers the ball and puts Junior Tertola into open space, he's absolutely pole That
0: was convenient. Five seconds remaining. Famous win. A famous, famous win. And maybe, just maybe, it is not a two-team competition. Glory, glory to South Sydney. They have pulled up an upset. 16 points to 10. The Rabbitohs have defeated the Roosters in a classic
2: at ANZ. Absolute classic. So there you go, 16-10, Bunnies over the Roosters. A game sats which, as you mentioned off the top of the show, had just about everything. And how the Bunnies got through and ended up winning this game when they ended up with a it looked like a war casualty in the uh, on the sideline with so many head injuries to be assessed and. Dane Gagai and his hamstring. Uh, credit to them and credit to Wayne Bennett, but uh, must have been a fun game to call this one.
3: Oh, it was a great game to call, Benny. Um, as I said earlier on, probably one of the best Thursday night games because we've had some stinkers this year <laughs> Thursday night game. <laughs> yes. But uh, we just knew it was going to be this way. It started the season with this with this round, the uh, this game, I should say, the the rabbits up against the roosters at the SCG, and then we finish. Uh, the regular season by opening with this game and it it just it never disappoints you because there's so much feeling in the game and I've always said that I I feel as though that the Bunnies this Bunnies side for some reason they've got the ability to get under the skin of the rooster side and take them out of their comfort zone it was a courageous win it was a real Wayne Bennett type win and I know we we probably use that probably more often than not but half time is exactly what South Sydney and what exactly what Wayne Bennett wanted because they started the game in the first ten minutes with so much enthusiasm they were aggressive the rabbits then all of a sudden they got sucker punched the the rabbits uh, the roosters I should say they just absorbed all this pressure and then they went bang bang and fired two tries straight down the yeah. straight down their gullet and they didn't know how to answer it but then all of a sudden half time came and I don't think the roosters wanted half time. The rabbits came out the second second half a completely different side. It was like Latrell Mitchell, who had such a good first half. It's like someone fed him no dos at halftime <laughs> because he just was he was disinterested. He he didn't want to have any involvement in the game. He come up with some crucial errors in the second half, and on the back of you know your Cody Walkers and your Campbell Grahams, um your Liam Knights and your Sam Burgesses, then Damien Cooks. I mean, you can name them all. Adam Reynolds. Yeah, they got back into the second half. And they came out a completely different side, and just they won every little battle. And Cameron Murray, mm. who has he's he's taken their number thirteen jersey back to the way the number thirteens used to play. You don't have to be this big front row that wears jersey number thirteen as, as a third front rower in the game. But you know, his ability to uh, to beat tackles, quick play the balls, get offloads, and then Uh, Dane Gagoy left the field with a hamstring which is really concerning Leading into the finals, yeah. With the, the slightest of hamstring strains, is usually about a minimum of two weeks. Yeah, apparently tweaked it um, a little
2: in the uh, in the warm up. We heard in the warm up. The, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they also, took the risk- they said he
3: got they said he got a cork in the warm up as well. Mm. Um, but Cam Murray came on the field after going off uh, in the first half and came on a left centre, and they threw James Tedesco at him on every occasion. He just nailed him on every time. So, yeah. um, just a tremendous young player, and um, at the moment it looks like. Probably being the number thirteen for mm. for the Kangaroos in the, in the off season, but it was a, a tremendous it was a tremendous game, entertaining game, just over twenty thousand people.
2: Now the Roosters, their coach Trent Robinson, refusing to blame uh, the missing personnel. Of course, they weren't helped by the fact that Luke Kiry was a late withdrawal from this side. Uh, another one for you, Sats, a birth of his child. Um, I know that's one that rankles you a little bit, but I suppose under the circumstances with not much to gain for the Roosters, that's fair enough. Brett Morris was rested, Takiyaho out with ribs, Orbison the ankle and Ryan Hall and knee are all likely to be available uh, for that first final. Jake Friend as well, uh, who's recovering from a broken arm, also a chance to return. So there's some talent there to come back and I guess getting a run into Boyd Cordner, who's had a, a pretty disjointed back end of the season as well, they they would be the positives that the uh, the roosters would take from it. Yeah, Kiri the biggest one. Brett
3: Morris also. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, he's he's so experienced. Does he? But you know, does he does he have that um, that intensity and that athleticism to to go toe to toe? And he does. Defensively, he's outstanding. So, and Ajo is, is a huge loss. But Luke yep. Kiri, yeah, birth of his child. And you are right, Benny. That you now they they couldn't have moved up to first, or no. they couldn't have dropped the third. So. It's his first child. Absolutely, yep. you know, it's probably going to be great for him. He's had a disjointed preparation himself with missing due to head knocks, whatever it may be. So, um, but he's the missing—he's the missing link, Luke Kiry, because I think I think Cooper Cronk can sometimes stifle a side uh, when he hasn't got that player alongside him, like a Kiry or like a Munster that can free free the other players up, play with a little creativity and a little spontaneity. So I thought they got disjointed last night in the second half. I thought they got into too much structure as opposed Mm. to to playing outside the box a little bit. That's what Kiri brings you.
2: So there's two possibilities now for the Bunnies. Uh, If Canberra were to lose to the Warriors, as unlikely as that may be, uh, they would have a rematch with the second-place Roosters at the SCG. But if Canberra get the job done over the Kiwi side, then they will take on the Melbourne Storm in Melbourne. So that's how it falls for South Sydney. That is our Thursday night review. Nice work, Sats. And it was the Bunnies, 16 defeating the Roosters 10 at ANZ Stadium. We'll take a very quick break here on Off The Bench. For Bob Jane, team arts, your tyre and wheel specialist, when we return, looking forward to this, Sats will nominate a Makita Power Player.
1: It's time to nominate a Makita Power Player. Makita's cordless power garden range, when power means business.
2: Yeah, over 200 tools on the one battery. That's your Makita cordless power garden range, the best in the business Benny Jones and Scott Sattler here with you on Off the Bench. Uh, Just before you reveal your power player, Mm -hmm. Sats, it would be almost impossible not to nominate Steve Smith yet again after uh, just another masterclass in the fourth test at Old Trafford, a 200 as opposed to just a boring 140, which he's uh, already reeled a couple off. Uh, So in this series so far, he's gone 140-odd, 140-odd, 92 and now 211. It was incredible. He had oh. some luck along the way, but I guess all batsmen do. I'm going to say Paddy Mills for my power player. He came up clutch for the Boomers against Lithuania on Thursday night. So this is at the FIBA World Cup. Australia is searching for their first ever world championship or Olympic medal. Obviously, this is a world championship. They've never won a gold, a silver, or a bronze. Mm. And so far, tracking well. Three and zip uh, through the group stages. But he was clutch. Just some big, big shots. From outside uh, the arc, he is just brilliant, Paddy Mills, one of the stars of the game. So I'm going to nominate him, but I'm really looking forward to your Makita Power Player. Sats, what do you got for me?
3: Oh, this is a great story, Benny. As you said, Max Waite, his name is, is a, is a young kid um, at eight years of age, uh, four years ago. He has to plan with his mum, Ali. Uh, where he said he wanted to go and watch Australia. This is after watching Australia win the World Cup on yep. home soil. He in always 2015, wanted to go to yeah. the Ashes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So four years ago, hatched a plan with his mum, and said, "Yeah, I want to go to the to the Ashes in 2019." So anyway, this dedicated youngster, Max Waite, he says. Uh, to his mum, I'm going to go around to all the households in the around our streets and around our, our suburb, and I'm yep. going to offer to take their bins out and put them in oh, okay. at $1 yeah. a dollar yeah, a, house, which is, no $1 one a like, house.
2: No one likes doing that. It's an arduous Absolutely. task. Absolutely. My job.
3: driveway is 250 metres long, so
2: I, I would have paid him $5 <laughs> yeah,
3: for week. Yeah, so, travel. A dollar <laughs> a house. And his father, Damon, said to Max that if he could raise $1,500 Australian, okay. he will match it. And take him to the UK. So Righto. what's happened four years later? So he's raised the fifteen hundred dollars. His dad has matched it, and he's gone over to the um, to the Ashes to experience the Ashes with his with his dad. And he's got the rub shoulders with oh, his idols. And it's brilliant. He actually and he actually uh, Max and his two brothers travel to Old Trafford on the team bus on Thursday when the Australian oh, no side when they learnt of learnt of it. Um, <laughs> uh, Justin Langer invited him and. Um, his two brothers onto the team bus and there's wow. a picture of him and his two brothers uh, with Justin Langer going oh, to the
2: game. What a thrill that is. It's a that, great message to
3: young kids it is, isn't
2: it? It is its If you want something in life bad enough you work towards it I know that I was brought up that way that if you wanted something go and get yourself a job or go and set yourself some targets and goals and Young Max, he's not only done that, he, he just wanted to go and watch some bloody cricket. He's now sitting on the team bus with the Australian side. How good is that, I tell you what, uh, for wheeling a few bins in and out? I reckon he'd be absolutely thrilled with that result, and that is a ripping power player. Well done, Sats. Makita's cordless power garden tools power through the toughest of jobs because Makita, when power means business, and I reckon Makita need to give Max a call and maybe get him some power tools. Uh-huh. He could do some more work around the yard, and who knows, he, he might be hosting the Ashes next time. Uh, he might be there for the full five Test series. Great stuff, Maxie. Wait and enjoy your time in the UK. We'll take a quick break. Uh, when we return, uh, Sats, your tips for the remainder of Round Twenty Five. Last time, I'll put you through this, uh, and also what you're looking forward to this weekend should be an absolute belter. Plenty of show still ahead. Listening to off the bench for Bob Jane Tmart Tire and Wheel Specialists.
1: see who the lads like this weekend.
2: It's Badge and Sats NRL Tips. I'm somewhat glad we haven't got Badge involved because he's so far in front of the both of us now, Sats, that the gloating would be unbearable. (laughs) Uh, And he has been reminding us on on a nightly basis through the week on Sports Day. So this is really for fun, but also I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that are Well, well and truly into the depths of their NRL tipping competitions that might be looking for a helping hand. So let's look at Saturday's three matches. Uh, We spoke about the consequences, more so for the Rabbitohs on this result, but it's the Raiders and the Warriors at GIO Stadium. If you're Ricky Stewart, you're not worried about whether you finish third or fourth. You just want to keep winning, don't you, Sats? Yeah,
3: exactly. I I think for the Raiders, to be quite honest, Benny, I, I don't think the Raiders fear Melbourne. So of course you don't want to lose this game. You want to get good momentum going in. You want to beat the Warriors and everyone get into really good rhythm. But um, I think the Raiders beat the Warriors. I think they will end up facing the Roosters at the SCG next weekend, maybe Friday night. They haven't really put the uh, put the schedule out yet. But um, yeah, I think the I'm going to go all the home teams this this round. So I'm going to go Raiders versus
2: Warriors at GIO. Okay, uh, well that means you're going to go with the Bulldogs against the Broncos, yep. but today in Zed Stadium we know the Bulldogs have had a good finish to the year for the Broncos, well they can just take a bit of the guesswork out of Sunday's Tiger-Shark clash, they know if they win they're in, it's as simple as that
3: Yeah, well the Bulldogs what they do is they, they pull sides into the middle and just and try and just grind them into the ground and, and um, teams that have got a little bit more flair and, and a little bit more creativity they're the ones that are able to to really pick the Bulldogs apart, whereas the Broncos, they because they don't have creative halves, they've they've got to play it in the middle, and I think it's just going to be a battle of wills in the middle amongst the forward pack. The Broncos have got a better forward pack, but I think if the Bulldogs can help them, uh, hold them, I should say, I think they've got a little bit more class to to score points. So I'm going to say the Broncos, the Bulldogs, I should say. Yeah,
2: and it's pretty hard to get too inspired by Saturday night's game at Seabus Super Stadium. Neither side will be playing in the finals. In fact, neither side have ever looked like playing finals. But the Titans and the Dragons read with interest, Sats, that uh, the Dragons have employed the services of one Gus Gould to try and steady the ship.
3: Well, they need something, and... And Paul McGregor, who's a good man, and from all reports a really good coach, and I think the players have got to take a, a fair bit of the onus as well about their their lack of success this year. But yeah, I, they they seem to have the right ingredients, the Dragons. So they need they need something there to assist. Mary McGregor. If it's going to be Phil Gould, there's no better man. I think that's a that's a that's a great move by the Dragons, and well done for Phil Gould to again. You know, he's 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 a bit of a gunslinger, isn't he? Gus. He goes into clubs and gets the systems right, and then he he departs at the back door, and and I like that. Um, what he gives back to the game. So, but you yeah, know what, Benny? I think the Titans beat the Dragons at Seabus in front okay. of 1,500 people.
2: All right, we're gonna leave the best till last. So Sunday, we skip forward to the Panthers and the Knights at Panther Stadium again. Neither side will be playing. In the finals, but we'll want to finish off on a strong note, particularly the knights after all of the ordinary press that 's been coming their way recently yeah, good win
3: last week against the titans the the knights it's, it's not it 's not the scoreline, it's how they did it as well a lot of adversity but um i don 't know there's just i I'm, I think Jimmy Maloney is just a, a really popular team member amongst um amongst the group, and I feel as though they 'll want to don't want to send him off a winner. So I'm going to say the Panthers.
2: All right, and finally, the game that has everything riding on it, that's the Tigers and the Sharks at a sold-out Leichhardt Oval. Sats, who are you tipping in this one?
3: I'm going to take the Tigers. It's a huge risk playing, Robbie. I know the method to the madness and the approach they're taking, but it's a massive risk um, because they've been going so well the last two weeks. I'm taking the Tigers... Purely based on Leichhardt like Oval on a Sunday afternoon. I know yeah. it's an easy way out, but it's just they're so difficult to beat there. It's their spiritual home, and I can't see you know, if, if any side was going to kibosh that, it would be the Storm hmm. or the Sharks. But in saying that, I just think this, this Tiger side, I love what Michael Maguire's doing with them.
2: All right, Sats tips for the remainder of Round 25. Before we wrap up, it's time for...
3: Before we go,
1: what are we looking forward to this weekend?
2: Well, I think I know what your answer is going to be here, Sats, and it's a nice flow on from looking at that game uh, between the Tigers and the Sharks. Is that what's really got you excited for the weekend? Yeah,
3: yeah, the game itself, absolutely. But you know what I'm really looking forward to more than anything is uh, with Steve Blocker you on Thursday night, Benny, and he was telling me that both he and Paul Syron, and um, sorry, both he and Benny Elias, uh, Fox Sports are filming them. Um, And you've never been to Leichhardt Oval. What's great about Leichhardt on Sunday afternoon is all the fans just walk the back streets of Leichhardt. Yep. Just one direction, down the Laurie Nichols Lane into uh, Leichhardt Oval. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the scenes around Leichhardt Oval on Sunday. I'm looking forward to seeing the big drone footage of Leichhardt Oval on the Sunday afternoon on a beautiful day. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that. As opposed to more so the game itself. That's, it's just an amazing regional ground that we need to visit. Yeah, once or twice a year. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's the theatre of rugby league, the theatre of sport. That's what it's all built around on Sunday.
2: Well, I hope you'll be looking at it, Sats, uh, through relatively sober eyes because I know you're going to be at this particular event and this is the one that I'm looking forward to this weekend, although I'm doing so in a working capacity. You'll be socialising <laughs> and that is Saturday night at the Gabba uh, for oh. the uh, big qualifying final. This is the AFL now I'm referring to, of course, and it's been a long time coming for Lions fans. A decade-long wait, but they finally get to see their team in September action against flag favourites Richmond sell out it's been sold out for over a week all the corporate tickets are gone it's going to be standing room only it's going to be fascinating to um, just to hear the noise the gabber you're calling good it yes I'll be up in the nosebleeds. Is this, Yep.
3: is this going to be one of the highlights of your very Early commentary career.
2: Oh, the highlight because you know you, you sort of have been up here, uh, you know, in the southeast of Queensland, plugging away for three years with the the, the Gold Coast Suns struggling. Uh, the Lions have you know had some tough times, but to get to a final, I mean, it's, I guess it's like a player. Commentator would be no different. You want to bring your best come finals time. So yeah, there'll be some nerves, but excitement and just hoping that these two sides to uh, to produce a classic. I look, I honestly and genuinely believe that 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 home ground advantage. I think Brisbane are a five goal better side at the Gabba, and I think that'll be enough to see them across the line. It'll be close. Richmond are a wonderful side, but I just want to see this little fairy tale run of the Lions continue. Yeah. That would mean Sats a home preliminary final. And if you oh. think it's going to be loud on Saturday night, imagine what that sort of noise would uh, provide. Yeah. Uh, something special. But anyway, it's going to be a cracking weekend in sport. We've got the end of the US Open. Of course, the test match continues on over there in the UK NRL, AFL. And the NFL. The NFL. Your favourite stats weekend. is getting back underway. EPL will throw that into the mix. But it's just an absolute bumper if you uh, don't love sport. I feel real sorry for you because you've got really not much to get excited about this weekend. Hey, uh, that's it for us, for Bob Jane Mart's Sats, have a great weekend. I might bump into you at some stage you Saturday too, night. We'll catch the same time next week. You have been listening to Off The Bench.
1: This is Off The
3: Bench for Bob Jane Teammart, tyre and Wheel specialists.